Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chomping After Dark, the podcast where we deep dive into the stories of our favorite video games, movies, TV shows, and comic books. Um, this is going to be a special episode as we are going to go completely unscripted. It's also in celebration of Thanksgiving 2022 that we decided to do this uh, horrible, horrible thing. And um, it's it's going to be exciting. You're going to find this on the main feed. Um, you're actually going to find this in the Chompcast feed. Uh, we decided to take a week off from the main show and do something a little bit more relaxed and silly to kind of give ourselves a break. And so the, the celebration is more for us than it is for uh, you. So apologies in advance for that. But we decided to... Uh, Watch a movie, and if you listen to last week's episode of the Chompcast, you already know what we did. But if you didn't happen to listen yet, uh, let me let me give you a quick little rundown. This it's a movie that came out in two thousand, had a budget of eighty to eighty five million. Um, it was a box office bomb, only grossing fifty eight point three million. Received a wave of negative reviews from critics. Um, it stands pat at a paltry 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 5.3 on IMDb. We are talking about the 2000 cult classic starring, cult. starring cult. Patricia Arquette, Harvey Keitel, Reese Ifans, Tommy Tiny Lister Jr., Rodney Dangerfield, um, <sighs> Ozzy Osbourne. Henry Fuck Winkler. It. Henry Winkler, Robert Smigel, Carl Reese Witherspoon, um, Kevin Nealon as Tithead. All these people really appear in this film. Why? Dana Carvey. Um, I don't know if I mentioned her, Reese Witherspoon. Let me make sure, double check on that. Um, and of course, the uh, the man himself, Adam Sandler, in the movie that everybody forgot exists, Little Nicky. Get in the flash, Adrian. <laughs> this movie sucks ass. Uh, so we're going to sit down and talk about... Oh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this right now. We're going to sit down and talk about this movie. Um, but before we do that, let's get into some quick introductions. Uh, my name is Shay, and I'm going to be the host for today's discussion. Um, I'm, in fact, not wearing a brassiere on my head. For the duration of this conversation, despite being asked to by this next wonderful person joining me today, um, has a fascination with his friends wearing brassiers on their heads after watching this movie. Uh, little known fact about this person, they uh, actually grew up watching this movie on loop for a series of 1.7 years, and because of this movie... Ended up getting a POD tramp stamp on the back, as tramp stamps usually go, and um, has since had to have it laser removed and decided to replace it with the old icon of Popeye's chicken. Please welcome to the show, Rich Meister. Rich, how you doing today? Hey, man, Chicago kicks ass. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's going to be the majority of this podcast, us, ironically, or satirizing the fucking quotes from that movie boy this is like oh i don't know like part of me thought going in (laughs) that we should record this as like a riff track but what you would have gotten is just like an hour and a half of three grown men sighing at different intervals (laughs) yes you know and getting a little happy for a minute when carl weathers appeared on screen that's true i mean Honestly, I know we were just discussing this off the air. You had said, I, you know, I basically said this as a joke, as a bit. And then Josh and I turned it into, well, no, we're really going to do this. Mainly me, if I'm being honest with you. Because I thought, you know what, there are some funny bits in this movie. And uh, Rich, you reaped what you sowed. I am not responsible for this. I mean, you're partially responsible. I don't think so. I don't see how anyone could twist it that way. Um, <laughs> weird, you're not culpable, is what you're saying. Uh, I'm not culpable for this. This is a weird fucking movie. 
you wish you could say you were excited to talk about it. I don't know what I. I'm excited to get to bed. Let's. <laughs> so this, this should be what like 15 minutes. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how long we can make it. But before we do that, we're also joined by another friend of ours, Rich. Uh, this person once owned a bulldog themselves and um after watching this movie this person had to avoid all carpets and all doormats for fear of his dog pissing or their dog pissing on the on the doormat and um as it turned out they had the dog put to sleep after their dog waking up in in the middle of the night singing with a chorus of child voices and um this person has never looked back since Please welcome to the show, Josh Fowler. Josh, how you doing? A little worse than earlier. <laughs> the bits are so much better when you're just like off the cuffing them. <gasps> I like. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> you were like running, yeah, like a lot of runway there. I a lot of runway. Yes. Um, Josh, what do we do? What have we done? <sighs> I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Josh is of the mindset, what is there to say? Mm-hmm. What is there to say about this movie? Well, good news for you, Josh. We're doing a whole episode on this movie, like it or not. It's true. I think it's almost over. <laughs> We're almost done with the whole entire thing already. <laughs> We're just going to introduce ourselves and say we watched the movie. Okay, that's it. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More like Spanksgiving. Hey. Hey. What does that mean? Next question. <laughs> and I counter with next answer. I need it. No, I'm yep. just kidding. But uh, I'm glad you guys are both here. From this point on... <laughs> Which we can Can't say believe the same. I'm saying this. There will be spoilers, so if you are somehow concerned with getting spoiled on this movie, <sighs> um, do Dude. yourself a favor and just listen to this episode instead of watching it. But if you insist, go watch it and come back when you've finished. Um, it's not a very long movie. It's about an hour and thirty minutes. So I want my three ninety nine back. Did you pay for it? Yeah, it's not streaming on anything. So yeah, we had to rent it. Ouch! I did not pay for that. Uh, I assumed it would have been on time. Netflix since they've got a deal with. Oh, that's true. He wants that buried too. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he probably specifically got that deal to avoid having any of his movies on Netflix or this movie specifically. Rodney Dangerfield sure on his deathbed was one. like, "Don't you ever, yeah, ever put this movie on Netflix." Yeah. But now, yeah. turn the lights down low. Slip into something more comfortable. Grab Popeye's chicken because it's fucking awesome. (laughs) And sip on an exquisitely flavored beverage as we tell you a tale by the fireplace. Of redemption. (laughs) So this is going to be very loose and off the cuff, this kind of synopsis. So usually it's more structured, but I'm not going to do it so structured. I'm going to do very broad strokes here. Basically, uh, Satan's rule of 10,000 years is coming to an end. He decides to choose his successor, and he has three children. He has Adrian, who is the most cunning and devious and intelligent. Cassius, who is the cruelest, and he's brutal in his ways, very strong. And then you have little Nikki, played by Adam Sandler, who is the kindest. And, uh... When it's announced that, um, basically, Satan is going to take another 10,000 years for his reign, the two brothers, Adrian and Cassius, flee to Earth to bring it into hell, basically. Hell on Earth, so to speak. So, because of that, Satan is deteriorating, is dying, and little Nicky must go bring both of his brothers at the same time back to hell and that's where the movie starts uh that's the first i don't know 10 15 minutes of the movie and the movie is chock full of uh 
jokes, if you can call them that, at the beginning. Uh, we have Kevin Nealon's demon character pleading his case with Satan as the brothers leave, and Satan, played by Harvey Keitel, uh, forms tits on his head, and everybody calls him Tithead throughout the rest of the movie. Um, you have Adam Sandler's little Nikki talking in quite possibly the most annoying of all of Adam Sandler's voices. Um, you have and a, a, a speech impediment, I guess, which comes in and out at times. You have Lucifer doing his scheduled shoving a pineapple up Hitler's ass bit. Um, uh, that is incorrect. Uh, Lucifer is actually Rodney Dangerfield's character. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Satan. Thank you. Yeah, fucking dumb piece of shit. <laughs> got him. And then you have... This guy wasn't uh, even paying attention. And then you got Lucifer, played by Rodney Dangerfield, coming in saying, Hey, can Tithead come to my room? In Rodney Dangerfield's usual mannerisms. So, uh, what did you guys think about, you know... Let's start with this. What did you guys think about the start of the movie, watching it today? And we'll start from there. Uh, this is the most like early aughts bullshit I've ever like. God, in terms of like editing and stuff and soundtrack usage, it's so of the time in the worst ways imaginable. Yeah, yeah. This this movie is about seventy five percent needle drop. Yeah. We uh, we actually, Josh, you specifically pointed out um, there's a sequence on a fire escape. Yeah, that's there, like a dramatic romantic sequence that uses like no less than three. There different are three songs. needle drops in one scene. Guys, we're talking about the intro. I don't <laughs> Sorry, remember, but, but it. That that's feels what I'm like saying. An eternity that that kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, we we kind of we skipped the framing device of us getting to hell, which is kind of shot and. Oh, I, scored, I already forgot about that. Scored like a an older, eh, late eighties, early nineties movie, um, where they specifically don't have any licensed music, and it's you know that very. Um, there are some sections of you know score lo- where lots it feels of strings, like just sampling Beatles, lots of horns, um, mm. type. You know, oh, this is just it's supposed be a to be like feel thing. good family in a nu- nuclear family in a home kind yeah. of setting. Yeah, that's what it looks like it's going to be, and then it instead has uh, um, John Lovitz. John Lovitz, uh, uh, which which honestly one of my favorite gags is him not just being a peeping tom, but a peeping tom who's so prepared he's got a little picnic basket and, <laughs> and a wine. blanket laid out and a glass yeah. of wine all on the uh the, the tree branch that he's sitting on there to to wait to watch. Which that's just that's some good visual humor that they never draw attention to. Just Yeah. That is one of the funnier bits in the movie, and especially considering it is John Lovett's playing that part who's a beautiful um, man yeah that's that, that's that, that's how the the camera and us get to hell is him there being a peeping tom and then eventually the, getting scared falling and dying uh and i gotta admit that opening sequence feels like it was shot by a different director doesn't it yeah well i again i, I, I think it's because they were trying to make films, it to be sure yeah seemed like it was it felt like it was you know a fake out like here look at this normal movie you're watching and then we ended up watching little nicky instead um <laughs> which i don't even know why they would go for the fake out because if you watch the trailer it's very evidently clear yeah like you know you know what you're watching. getting into at that point but yeah anyway um the yeah it's frankly, so good, i thought that was all right that intro and then you get to hell and then they try to do the actual framework for what you're getting into and it there, I'd like to see more of John Lovitz getting fucked by that crow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like they were yeah. trying to set up an. Uh, they had to get a, an, uh, so many plates to get spinning right off the bat. Yeah, it moves at like a breakneck speed in that first. Yeah, like they're trying to set up the, uh, you know, 
all the lore and how things work in this universe and and whatnot mm. type stuff. Um, right. Just like all the actual framing. Uh, mm. And it feels really busy. And then on top of that, all... like we already said, with the, you know, of course, they've got to torture Hitler jokes. Um, yeah. Which like I, it's, I it's... do like, I did like the visual bit where Hitler grabs the absolute tiniest pineapple that he possibly can. And he's yeah. like, he has, to, he has to go. Yeah. It's sort of, sort of, a, like, no. sort of a pick your own switch moment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he grabs the smallest pineapple. And... Yes. Yeah. For any, anybody out there listening who doesn't possibly know what picking your own switch means um, oh yeah i guess kids these days weren't physically beaten as children i guess not yes but basically what picking your own switch means is uh you if you were getting spanked as a kid which means getting your bottom hit by your parent basically uh some parents would be like go get a switch and that means go out to the yard and pick a branch off the tree or off the ground yeah, and that or, or, switch is going to go a, straight uh, across your ass. A, a switch bush, which... and now you have a fetish. Yep. Yes. So. So how about that? Yes, it's kind of in that similar vein. How about them apples? Yes. Yep. Them pineapples, rather. No. Yes. Mm-mm. But I mean, that's that starts off the movie, um, which, yeah, I I like I remember loving that part when I was much younger and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is peak comedy. Doesn't get much better than this. Little so you know. from there, we jump into the next bit where, uh, little Nikki is on earth and he gets killed, uh, a few times errantly as he doesn't quite understand how earth works. You know, he's lived his whole life in hell and he ends up meeting, a dog uh, that is kind of a servant of Satan named Mr. Beefy. And Mr. Beefy ends up helping him rent an apartment with a guy named Todd, who is an aspiring actor. And while he's walking the street, he quickly meets and falls in love with a design student named Valerie. And as he's spending the day with Valerie, Adrian happens to see Nikki and Valerie together and, a scene occurs where Adrian controls Nikki's mind and drives Valerie This is established away. earlier on. Yes, this, this is part fighting. of that, like, absolute just rush to get through setting all the, you know, the magical powers and the stakes in this world that they still then go beyond and, and kind of ignore later on. But this is framing that in that intro is during waiting for their dad telling them you know that he's gonna have to pick one of them to be the new successor uh, of hell successor and then saying nah fuck y'all um you're not ready yet two two of them get into a mind fight where they fight to control one another's mind to make them you know punch themselves or or whatever else so it's it's kind of established earlier right it's a sex thing yeah so probably uh adrian ends up having little nikki kill himself again he comes back to earth and quickly finds out that um through his roommate watching a harlem globetrotters game on the tv that one of the referees has decided to basically make the harlem globetrotters throw the game by excessive and errant calls and that referee is acted by none other than dana carvey and so Nikki quickly rushes to the arena where the Harlem Globetrotters game is playing. And he and Adrian have a quick basketball showdown, which little Nikki ends up dunking like Michael Jordan in Space Jam over the Adrian controlled referee, tricks him into drinking from the flask that his father gave him, which will trap him inside of the flask for eternity, and closes the flask. And um Get in the flask. Get in the flask. And there are two uh Satanist metalheads who see that and they swear their loyalty to Nikki. And um after a scene where they're celebrating eating a Guy Fieri cake laced with uh marijuana, 
Nikki decides to go to Valerie to try and make up to her. And that's the next bit. That is the that is the next bit of the story. Um Yeah, I don't even know what to ask here, to be honest with you guys. Who's to um, say? Like what <sighs> Like, what is there to even talk about in in this segment? Like, I guess one of the things that stuck out to me is because it's a comedy movie, um, and it's a very short running movie. That I thought the the rush to little Nikki falling in love with Valerie was a very very poorly. How do I say? It like the development of it is very poor. It happens over the span of like two minutes in the movie. Um. No notes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's just completely I unbelievable. Mean, we were joking about it. It's it's one while of we were watching that. The framework seems like it should make sense of him having no idea what's going on, getting himself killed over and over again, then getting his shit stolen, and trying to get it back from, you know, some guy who stole it from him and is then trying to sell it on a street corner, and she saves him from that like what there's a, what there's a, a there's a fun little oh she knows what's going on she can then teach him about what's going on in the city framework for it and somehow even with all of that they managed to make it seem like disjointed yeah like it just doesn't work the way they actually put it together after that right and what well, we were joking about it while it was happening but while they're walking on the street and she's showing him all these things. He smells her perfume and she's kind of this like quaint, unassuming person who's very shy, uh, seems very loving, which is not at all fitting for New York city. But then he smells her perfume and starts licking her hand. Um, due to his only assholes in New York city, seeming innocence. And then when Adrian takes over his body and tells her, I like your heart shaped tiny and it starts to progress from there. I want to wash my winky in your kitchen sinky. We're supposed to believe that the hand licking wasn't offensive at all. A guy that she just met was licking her hand, but then him saying that he wants to basically have sex with her. People lick my hand on the subway all the time. It's not a big deal. I mean, like to be honest with you guys, Like no one would, no one normal, I think, would ever do this because you'd seek consent. But if you just met a woman or a man, whomever, and you licked their hand first time you met them, would you not once think like this person might be down to fuck at that point? Um, what's the context? (laughs) I just gave you the context. I feel like it's missing so like what's the setting though like where did i meet this person i literally just gave you the setting okay well then i apologize that i wasn't listening uh thank you <laughs> i said you're literally walking I'm down to rem- the street. i'm to remember every conversation we have it While just I'm happened having 30 them? seconds ago really <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> I was seeking a simple. I definitely think that person. Would I'm be to remember fuck. every man I spill spaghetti upon. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like I get it. It's a comedy. Why are you picking apart a comedy? But at the same time, I was because like, we're bored. We got nothing to do. Right. <laughs> we should be celebrating with our families. I fucking hate fucking my family. <laughs> Almost as much as I hate this movie. Your uh, family hates you. Only I love you. That's right. But uh, the Harlem Globetrotters bit where they actually got, um, what's his name? Bill Walton commenting on that. So so random. So random. A lot of effort. That whole Harlem Globetrotters sequence. Like, out of all the things and places that you could go as uh, the son of <laughs> Satan, why would you go to a Harlem Globetrotters game and impersonate a For referee? Tullals. I get, you know, maybe Rich, you can attest to this more. I feel like going to a Harlem Globetrotters I game mean, would be less heartbreaking than go, going to a New York Knicks game at this point. I, I have to. I was 2000. It was a different time. I need, I need to look. Patrick Ewing wasn't on the team anymore, Rich. Oh, yeah. okay. The yeah, husk of know, his body. That's fair. But like going to a Harlem Globetrotters game is not like going to a basketball game. It's like going to a play. 
I mean, that's less you know heartbreaking than going to New York Knicks. You know how game. it ends. Exactly. You you don't need to have hope because you know what's going to happen. I hope died a long time ago. <laughs> I just wanted a reason to shit on the Knicks. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But uh I get it. Uh so like let's jump ahead Go just Nets. a little bit cuz cuz there there is there are a few things in this movie that have not aged very well that I want to talk about. Um like most of the script. Well, yes. But I mean it more specifically when uh when little Nikki is going to Valerie's apartment which she seemingly somehow knows her address to um No, he sniffs her out. We went over this. He's remember- to apologize no, to her it. as he's going up the fire escape. Um he sees uh, a man dressed in women's clothing rubbing Hold their on. nipples. And... Paint the picture appropriately. He sees Clint Howard dressed in women's clothing. That's true. Rub the character is rubbing their nipples and wearing women's clothing. And that that gag is used repeatedly throughout the movie. Now this was like I I'm not faulting the movie at all. Because obviously it was a 2000, um, it was made in the year 2000. That was kind of the humor back then. And people poked fun at that. And that was a very normal thing. Um, you can acknowledge the humor there. But man, has that aged really poorly in 2022. They were very lazy gay jokes in this movie. Yes. L- like jokes yeah, that well, felt not like just they were gay, like mad but like transphobic jokes there as well. In some oh, ways. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's probably more of those later. But like, especially like every time, they were, like every time there was a gay joke, I just was looking like, I don't even understand what the joke is. Like, right. It, so the, were... the gay joke is projected at um, little Nikki's roommate, who is the aspiring actor. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're just uh, firing off terms at this person like that are supposed to imply that this person is gay and at one point call um the roommate RuPaul and it's a white white guy who is balding and it's is yeah it was very lazily done and at the time that was the humor again not faulting the movie um we're looking at it from a 2022 perspective but um yeah it's it just has aged poorly Made me but grimace every time. Nothing even one of those clever. Lines came up. Like it could have. Like the joke might as well have been at like certain turns. Is to be like, "Ow, I stubbed my toe." That's because you're gay. Yeah, yeah. like that was the effort put into them. A lot of times, they were they were framed as like one liners, as if it was like a clever retort. But there was to, nothing clever. But, but he, like it, then none of them were actually responding to anything said before them. It was just yeah. just out of nowhere. Um, you guys, you guys remember the bit in Forty uh, Year Old Virgin? I think it's two thousand and four when Seth Rogen's character and Paul Rudd's character they're playing. Um, I don't, I don't remember what fighting game they're playing. The game at um, Steve Carell's character's place, and they're just yeah. saying, "You know how I know you're gay?" Like that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That feels like it has a little bit of thought written into it, and it feels a little. It feels bit like more an actual clever. joke was written. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this is just, like, shitty one-liners. Yes, yes. agreed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, frankly, half the time, ha- half the scenes in this felt like the characters were talking past each other in order to each deliver their, their string of one-liners. Yes, yes. And it, it's, like, it's that's one of the, like, if we're, if we're having a serious moment, out, like, even with this joke and beyond that, it feels like this movie, a lot of times like you guys were saying, was ad-libbed for most of the movie. So it feels so disjointed yeah. in its script and like what, like where the heart of the movie starts and where the humor stops kind of thing. is yeah, It just feels very horribly imbalanced. And, I th- and like if, if, it, if it has a script, yikes. If it doesn't have a script and it was largely ad-libbed, yeah. like, I don't ha- think hats anything off. in this was ad-libbed. It all like it doesn't even feel like that kind of disjointed. Yeah. I mean, it Maybe could have been, like, but instead of, hey, ad-lib this, let's try a couple takes, it was literally the first take on every single scene. So just a horrible ad-lib, maybe. Like, hmm. I'm so, I'm sorry, by the way, because uh, I feel like I'm I would never get the opportunity to complain about this on a podcast, so I'm gonna have to. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that forty year old virgin scene. 
I think about that scene all the time, not because of the gay jokes, but because they're playing Mortal Kombat 3 and one of them is using a GameCube controller and the other one's using an original Xbox controller and I hate it. <laughs> you know what? Let it out, Rich. Let it out. It just makes me mad. Like, no one could be like, that doesn't make sense. I never even noticed that the few times that I've I notice it every... I've been thinking about it. For years? For years. Eating at you for 18 years? Yeah. Yeah, understandable. Um, So let's jump back in. Let's try and get through the rest of this quickly. I gotta make uh, a call. The f- <laughs> following day, uh, Adrian, who is the smarter of the three brothers, possesses the chief of New- the New York He's just Department. British. I don't think that makes him smarter. And he frames uh, little Nikki for mass murder. So people start chasing him. And basically, he's like, I don't know what to do. So he has his roommate and the two Satan worshippers kill him and send him back to hell to ask for the advice of his father. Uh, his father has deteriorated so much that he can't even talk with Nikki. So Nikki, um, his two Satan worshipping friends, Mr. Beefy, the roommate, and Valerie all devise a plan to trap Adrian. Uh, they almost capture him. But he slips their grasp, and as he's about to kill Valerie by getting her hit by a train, uh, Lil Nikki saves her, and they both get killed. Uh, Adrian goes to hell and uh, goes to his father and asks what the hell has happened. Meanwhile, Nikki goes to heaven for do- uh, dying and in, a- in an act of selflessness, and he ends up meeting an angel whose name is Holly, who she later reveals to be his mother and also plays played by Reese Witherspoon. Uh, She tells him that she can, or that he can defeat Adrian with the inner light. And before he leaves to go back to earth, we have a scene that Rich was talking about earlier, where is a cameo. Um, Carl Weathers makes an appearance and reprises his, uh, character from happy gilmore as chubbs and it's phenomenal yes that is the absolute best scene in the entire movie this is like probably the only thing that got like a genuine laugh from me yeah i don't know i i'll, I'll, I'll talk about my favorite scene later but when we get to it okay. yeah, yeah it's pretty good yeah there's, uh, yeah there's there's more than a handful of uh, Probably just under a handful of things that are like, ah, that's funny. Yeah. Right. I like, I gotta admit, the even though it's like typical Adam Sandler fanfare with his uh buddies that he's made movies with throughout the years, um, such as Alan Covert, who plays Todd, the aspiring actor roommate, you have um some of the other people in the movie that he's made uh many, many films with. The one performance that actually stuck out for me, and I was thinking about this, and I wanted to mention it to you guys, but I wanted to wait, that actually felt like a genuinely good performance was uh, Michael McKean, who played the unnamed chief of police, who was also, some of you might know, was in Better Call Saul as Saul Goodman's older brother. I thought his performance was actually good. Like, it felt like it wasn't, like, hammed up, it wasn't corny, it was a decent actual acting performance. And that's the only reason why it stuck out to me because everybody else's performance in this movie is a caricature is ridiculous is over the top, but his felt his is a little bit. If you ever talk shit about Carl Weathers again, I'll kill you. Well, besides him as well. But um, yeah, I actually thought I was like, wow, yeah. this is an Turns actual out it's decent impossible performance here. to uh, ham anything up more so than a chief of police. That's just, they're they're the very concept is ridiculous on its face so yeah it's true it is like it's like being it's like being king of a clown college Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make any sense (laughs) just inherently silly yeah but like that's one of the things i notice is like you know i didn't think about this kind of thing when i was 11 years old when i this movie came out but man are some of the acting performances really fucking bad in this movie and it's like Adam Sandler is uh, like I will I will always say this and I know I get a lot of shit for it. I like some of his movies, um some of his earlier comedy films, some of his later 
um, drama films like Uncut Gems and And Hustle. no other examples. Yes. I don't but, know. Some of his well, earlier stuff was fine, too. But it, around this time, he had realized, oh, I get big laughs for, you know, the over-the-top, sticky stuff. And this movie is almost all that. All that, Almost yeah. all the characters are all that. Even. This, well, this... This was the first movie he made after Big Daddy, which I feel like in that era, that was the last good film that he had. Well, that's the last one that feels like an actual film. Yeah. Right. And from then up until about, I would say, like five years ago, I felt like a lot of his stuff was pretty mediocre. I mean, Punch Punch Drunk Love is an exception there. That is a great movie. It's more, that was one of his more serious roles during that time. You you mean you're not a fan of Click? I did like Click a lot when I was younger. I love that movie. And I got to be honest with you, I'm so afraid to watch it now because I I feel like it's going to be exactly It's not a good movie and it's like three hours for some reason. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, probably a very bad Because they really wanted to drive that point home of you wasting your life with stupid shit instead of spending it with your family by making the movie so long. I hate my family. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, Adam Sandler's performance... Uh felt particularly corny here like the buddies yeah. that he acts with felt even more sticky than they ever have um some of the cameos were really good like henry, henry winkler's performance was great given what he had to do which is show up and be henry winkler <laughs> yes but some of them were really bad like dana carvey's performance i was surprised was like ultra sticky like very unnotable cameo in the movie yeah, I don't think he, was, he exactly had a lot to work with there. You're not exactly playing to Dana Carvey's strengths. Right. And Reese Witherspoon, I mean, it's not her fault at all, but, like, the caricature she was given to play was that typical 90s cheerleader Valley Girl shit that mm-hmm. just was fucking trite then, and it was trite by this point. Yeah, she's um, got, like, three scenes, so it ends up really not mattering. But... Yeah, right. Harvey, uh, poor, fucking poor Harvey Keitel with that goddamn... Oh man, nah, he's a champion. Like he's a great actor, pretty legendary actor, and his performance in this was bizarre. Top tier, I agree. I did like Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield just was Rodney Dangerfield. He, you know, uh, like, I did the obligatory. I'm in hell, and I still ain't getting no respect. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yes. What is like, the thing he said that I was like? Is that's the most Rodney Dangerfield line I've ever uh, yeah, heard? Yeah, I was what trying was to think joke? exactly what he said, but oh. I can't remember. There's what it a was. joke he delivers that is like the most Rodney Dangerfield bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, I liked, I liked his performance, but yeah, a lot of the main performances were just very sticky, over the top. Um, Patricia Arquette's wasn't bad. I but. think I think she did a good job of matching Adam Sandler's energy with the, you know, nearly incomprehensible speech impediment and mm. and like overly shy type, really mumbling all my lines because I can barely talk type thing, which mm. made <sighs> the audio. Some of the worst mix I've ever in this in this is pretty atrocious. Yeah, that's but a, also given what they had to, to work with this. here, it it's amazing that you could even understand half of the movie. Um, because yeah, it's 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 mostly mumbling. It's so much of this movie is mumbling because of the the you know the choice of voice for this character for for little Nikki. I think that's a big part of it. I also think that just the the audio engineering was very very oh, poor in this movie. It's, it's I think poor in general, corners. like I'm saying. Like there are there's a fight scene near the end, and absolutely every sound effect is completely blown out and and just 100 percent clipping. Like just there's that. There's just, the, the the multiple times where the audio dub isn't synced up to what's happening on yeah. screen. Um, you have, and this was very prominent in the nineties and two thousands. And even a little bit in the 2010s was where someone would say something off screen for a comedic effect. That's probably one yeah. of my least favorite yeah, things. Yeah. In oh, all this of, scene like, didn't quite work. Shows. So we've got to add an additional little one half of a line 
as as the the camera changes to the other person in order to right. give them the last I, word I, on something and it's there's there's a term for that i can't remember the movie term for it but i like i can't stand that um i'm glad that's something yeah. that's largely been phased out of movies and films yes. and tv tv shows but this this movie definitely had some of that which fine it's a product of when it was made but just like it, there were times where somebody would say something or make a noise and they're showing a character on screen, but the person's mouth isn't moving. Yeah. So you're like, all right, where is that sound or where is that, that yeah, line coming like, from? It's, yeah, and it would show like characters that have never said anything at up, they, the, up to that point. There was one during that intro sequence that we were, t- no, it wasn't the intro sequence. I think it was one of the other trips back to hell. No, where... no, it was, it was, it was when he was first going to hell. It's like because want... because little Nikki's like so you're saying I have to go to hell and they're yeah. like what like yeah yeah that where that it, it obviously cuts over to someone who's supposed to be reacting to that but the sound effect happens before the cut even goes to that person and then they're sitting there not with their mouth open like they just made a sound or something like that but just standing there with their mouth closed like the shot had absolutely nothing to do with what was just ha- it was it's just confusing like just. Anyway. Yes. And it's like the thing that we were talking about during the movie was that this movie had a 80 to $85 million budget. And it, if they cut a lot of corners, like it seems like this audio engineer did, where did that money go? And well, we were talking I, I about think, the, yeah. we were talking about is probably the sound effects or well, not, not, sorry, the, the special effects rather. Well, uh, which uh, some of the special effects, cause there's a lot of stuff that, is CG that would have been way cheaper and looked much better to just do with practical effects. Like, obvious shit that we've done forever. Like, you know, have somebody... Satan is whittling away. Yeah, well, 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 like... Some of the oldest tough stuff in the book of, like, you know, having someone, you know, coming through a chair or something so it's not their real legs or, or bits like that so you can have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's... Some of the oldest things in the book, like literally anyone could do that with with on zero budget. Well, on a fifteen dollar budget, you need to go out and buy a chair or something. Like it's 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 a big ask. Yeah, but anyway, so they probably overspent on CG because that was mm. this is early CG. They probably right, it wasn't quite as blossomed as it has. And yeah, but but I think the I think the big thing is probably just all the cameos all the licensed music because like we were saying it's it's this is 70 percent needle drop um they had a lot of music most of this movie probably just went to all the random licensing and and cameo and cameo stuff yes yes um i think that's definitely it the soundtrack is very much of the early 2000s like (laughs) i forgot Like we were talking about, it, I was like, "How f- I forgot how fucking popular POD was during this time," because there were like three or four different POD songs in the mm-hmm. in the soundtrack. Um, but in terms of the visuals, I will say that like a lot of the special effects were very much of the time, which they probably looked. I, I can't remember that well. Some of it was I better that than they others. Were uh, like, but, w- like I, I want to say that like most of it probably was looked good at the time obviously doesn't look as good now but the one that got all of us laughing and i do remember it is towards the end uh which we're about to get into story-wise when adrian and nikki have their face off and uh nikki nikki has basically done something and one of the demons has converted to nikki's side and basically said uh it's the power of good and adrian blows that guy up in a awesome i can't tell if it's practical effect or special I think effect that one on may that have, one I th- oh, well it was There's partially degree, practical effects because they at did at the very they, least yeah they did cut to other shots of a bunch of guys getting hit with like viscera and crap as he exploded yes. so yes. i think the actual explosion itself was probably the explosion was probably you know some sort. either either painted over or, or cgi but there's a degree of practical effect, but yeah, yeah then they switched yes. to some of the practical effects um, yes, but that order, that was probably the it. best. That was probably the best use of CG in the entire movie because that well, shit was fucking I hilarious. Think, I think the best use was actually the bulldog. 
because we, we oh, mentioned yeah. the talking the bulldog, bulldog and most of that held up because they, you know, over his mouth, just, you know, made it look like he was speaking. That, that sort of point. making the mouth move tech, that was mm. solid enough at the time, and that doesn't stand out compared to all Actually, the other looked, just pretty ass-backwards CG that they just had for no reason elsewhere. But that dog is in a ton of scenes, and, like, the lip-syncing was really good considering yes, they the couldn't even lip sync the, the actual characters. actors yeah that might have been where a big part of the budget went to be honest with you it could have been it could have been because those those shots looked good but rich there's one thing you said when we were watching that i think it's really important to point out is when um little nicky goes to first live with his roommate and his roommate says uh and sorry guy but no dogs allowed and there's a moment with uh, Mr. Beefy after they close the door with the uh, welcome mat. Mm-hmm. You remember that? I do. Or, uh, what, what did you say during the movie when we were watching it? CGI piss sure has come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It looks really bad. It yeah. Does. Yeah. Yeah. So some, Which also some... leads me to, wouldn't it have been cheaper to just, like, get an angle where we attach, like, a spray bottle rig to one side of the dog, and just, if he's trained to lift his leg anyway? I mean, just... frankly, that would have been an easy thing to mat over. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you just shoot it twice with a locked-off camera, and then just have somebody spraying something on the second take, yeah, and then just roto yeah. it under the dog. Like, this, again, a much cheaper and just straightforward More way to do this thing. Uh, mm. solution yeah yeah anyways yes. but i'm not so, charge here yeah let's jump into the last bit of story let's rush through it really quickly um so obviously adrian goes back to hell finds out his father is whittled away takes his father off the throne and when he sits down on the throne he becomes the king of hell at that point and he decides to raise hell on earth and he says at midnight that basically everyone will die and everyone will be under his control. So Nikki, uh, after having recently figured out the power of good, is brought back to Earth and he starts convincing the demons of hell that the power of good is just as good as the power of evil. And so uh, he goes to Central Park to confront Adrian where Adrian is torturing Henry Winkler with bees. Um, Adrian and Nikki start battling, facing off, and it seems like after Adrian's initial, um, I guess, what, what, what would you want to say, advantage, that Nikki starts coming back and winning, and he tries to get Adrian to get in the flask. Get in the flask! Get in the flask! Get my flask. When um, they both end up getting sucked into the flask. The three of the brothers battle. Um, Adrian emerges. Um, what? Not masked, but uh, not camouflaged either. Disguised. Disguised. You that's the word. Disguised. disguised is Nikki. <laughs> yes, disguised. And then he, after he's quickly discovered, he turns into a horrible fucking looking <sighs> CGI bat. Nikki comes out of the flask and he uses the orb gifted to him by his mother, uh-huh. which is supposed to contain special power gifted by God and appears from the orb. Ozzy Osbourne, uh-huh. who grabs Adrian bat he and bites the fuck out of that bat. Yeah, he bites does. that fucker's head off and spits it into the flask, trapping Adrian and Cassius for eternity. Um, Nikki quickly r- runs to hell to save his father, which he is successful. And after a quick discussion with his father, he decides he wants to return to Earth uh, to experience life on Earth. So Nikki and Valerie end up getting married and having a child, while little uh, Mr. Beefy gets back together with his ex girlfriend, who is Heather the Rat, and they have some children. Um, the the uh Satan and Holly uh duo try to rekindle their relationship from long ago 
but it is reported that they don't work out. Holly ends up getting together with her fitness instructor in heaven, who turns out to be Chris Farley. It's um, a beautiful story, really. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, Mr. I already mentioned the Mr. Beefy bit. Um, John and Peter, who are the Satan worshippers, die in a plane crash, and they end up in hell, where they take over Nikki's old bedroom, and they party in there. And that's the end of Little Nikki. Isn't that a heartwarming story? This is a great use of my Tuesday night. Yeah. This has gone on. I didn't realize we've been talking for almost this an hour. A Holy fucking shit. hour. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. So almost as long I want to say, movie. like, I, I, I don't want to say, I want to ask a few things. Like, what was probably the most enjoyable scene in the movie for you guys? Rich, I'm pretty sure you said it's when uh, Chubbs. Oh my God. Freaking, I yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. No, that's so great. That's so great. Yeah, it is a great. A... Yeah, Josh, what about you? I mean, it's all pretty terrible. I I did enjoy mm-hmm. how Ozzy shows up, and then th- this whole movie is is just ADR. Like the because yeah. all the characters are mumbling, they had to re-record everything, and so it's it's all ADR. But there's you know the scene of Ozzy geeking a bat, which is horribly CGI'd, uh, in order to make his jaw to stand like a snake in order to fit the uh the bat in his mouth um and and then they have a couple you know beats there while everyone's like okay yeah whatever um and then it cuts back to ozzy and there's someone who's obviously not ozzy osborne voicing his lines not even doing a good impression not at all yeah um because they obviously hired him to be there for that scene, but not to actually show back up for the ADR, um, which is pretty fun. I mean, it, it's fun to see Ozzy, you know, geek a bat and then uh, have someone else, his voice escape his mouth immediately after that. It, it, it was kind of on brand. Yeah, really. Yeah, uh, it was kind of an interesting bit uh i definitely gotta say the the chubbs scene was the best because i completely forgot about that i was like oh no this is a very pleasant surprise because i haven't thought about that in a long time yes yeah yes that was a cool call back to uh like i said happy gilmore one of adam sandler's best movies and earlier joints for sure um but yeah that that had to have been my favorite sequence yeah what was the most egregious annoying thing about this movie for you guys Rich, I'll start with you. The fucking audio, man. Yeah. Like, it's just, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, it's the whole movie. The, the, the visual and audio stuff, like, some CGI that is not aged well and some real bad audio. Yeah, the CGI real I can put mix. up with, but, like, it, the audio is wall is to the glaring wall. thing bad. Like, it's, it's, it's verging on tenant levels of just <laughs> incomprehensible because of yeah. all the mumbling from the characters. In this movie, sure. and then just also on top of that, it's not. I don't know if it was recorded poorly or mixed poorly or both, but like it's, it's hard to understand what anyone's even saying in this movie half the time. Right, right, and that might be a product too of maybe the recording equipment. I don't know. I don't believe that though. Maybe it's the the method to which they recorded the audio was just not great, or I don't even know engineering. I, yeah, it's yeah. It's, yeah. It's bizarre. I I will say that. I think for me, the most egregious thing, um, honestly, was a lot of the hackneyed jokes. And granted, again, this is a 2000s movie. I get it. But it also bombed for a reason. They were were bad for even the standards of the day, like we were saying earlier. They just, they just, they come out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it it felt almost like the writers made up an insult, and they're like, "Oh, oh, this is this is a good one. We've got to use this here." And it doesn't flow. It's not even a joke in context. It's just some random insult that they wrote that they thought sounded funny. Right. There there are a few bits in the movie that are funny that are genuinely yeah laughable, like the the demon blowing up and there's viscera everywhere. That that is a classic gag that never gets old. Mm-hmm. Um, there there are a few other small bits in there like the chicago uh oh that was fun yeah yeah they they do the whole 
Satanist message hidden in a record thing, and they're trying to find yes. it on. I I can't. Remember. It was it was it's either it's Ozzy all, or Led Zeppelin it, or something. Or I think, I think it was a Sabbath record. It was a Sabbath record. But anyway, they're trying to play it backwards to find something, and there's nothing there. And anyway, uh, little Nikki puts on which a Chicago like, record and starts playing yes. it backwards, and it's got all these hidden messages in it, which I thought yes. was that was hilarious. A funny bit. Yes, yeah. that was a great the bit. Chicago there, kicks ass. Yeah. <laughs> there are some really good bits in there, but it's mostly when it's not like trying to be like too slapsticky or it's yeah. trying to be too perverted. It's more like when it's referencing something. Like that 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 disc scratching thing is a very old like urban legend that if you play some yeah. records backwards, you will hear alternate messages. And yeah. that that stems back okay, from the seventies. Let's get so you to bed. <laughs> so it's a, it's a very referential joke there, and that's when I yep. think the jokes actually land when it kind of does that kind of stuff, or when it does the the demon blows, blowing up, and it happens in, to be in a bunch of viscera. That is referential to all the movies that have done that before. So those are like the best jokes that land, but all the rest of the stuff is just is like juvenile then and it's even worse now um to be honest with you like that probably yeah. the most cringeworthy thing for me was towards the end of the movie harvey Keitel's character satan is like talking to holly up in heaven and he's like i still haven't forgotten you and how sexy you were and he's like gyrating and licking and i was like man this is nothing about this is funny or yeah it was just super uncomfortable you know there, there are multiple moments in, in this movie, you know, like, and having fucking Rob Schneider reprise his role for the fourth time as random guy in the crowd yelling, my God, yeah. I forgot about I that. And to do it three times in a row. Yeah. Yes. That's the thing, too, is like, there will be a joke and they just fucking beat it to death. They beat that shit to death. Like, yep. if, they had, enough, if they had Rob Schneider do it once... I'd been like, okay, you know, okay, like, funny like it'd back. be funny if it was just one random guy, but then he literally keeps talking for like the entire scene. Like, with, they go with back the to same cut back to jokes him three from times. every it's other movie. Like, like, calling it back to being like, okay, we do that joke once in like every one of these movies is like, all right, it's a runner and it's funny. Yes. It's like the it, Wilhelm scream. You yeah, know, like, like but it keeps going. It just keeps going. And it's it's not just that. It's like he has the like deep a dozen south lines joke, during that scene. The it's, deep south joke that keeps going. It's yeah. like, I, like as much as I love that first scene that Chubbs comes back, mm-hmm. like the part where him and the angels are dancing and they're like, it's all in the hip. I was like, yeah, that that's not funny. Yeah. That part isn't funny. The, when he appears, it's funny. But um, yeah. they just listen. Beat. I'm just riding on a Carl Weathers high because I'm rewatching Arrested Development. There and I go. just watched the episode when he has the meeting with Tobias in a Burger King. There you go. There you go. Yeah. No, you know, like, they let you re- get as many reveals so, as you drink as you want. It's a wonderful restaurant. Yeah. They they just beat the shit out of jokes, and a lot of them uh, weren't funny to begin with. Like when they yeah. have the uh, um, Clint Howard's uh, shtick appear multiple times in the movie, it's just like, this listen, isn't funny. He doesn't need to be cross dressing. It's like nobody learned. The Clint Howard joke is Clint Howard is a weird looking guy. You yes. don't need to go any further than that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the recurring bits in this movie were bad. I, like, I There were some, some good one-off jokes and some of them, frankly, had the context to be good recurring jokes given how they were framed, but they they weren't the recurring jokes. Like yeah. all the recurring jokes were just that just crass or not even crass, but just completely stupid. Like there's, there's, it's right. not even a joke, but we're going to keep calling back to it stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Um. So I, before we, you know, head out for the show, I'm sure you guys have so much more to say about this movie, but um, before we head out, I told you guys before the show, I was going to make a case for something. Okay. And I told you guys while we were watching it multiple times, I think this is, the conservative, like the average conservative oh, person's oh, yeah. wet dream, and I still firmly believe that even after having this conversation. This, yeah, Th- this and movie I'm what. set in New York is what they all say New York is actually like. Well, <sighs> it's not. It's mu- much less about that, but you're not wrong. To me, it's like the whole point is God is 
good and must believe in God to overcome evil. I mean, that's that's one part of it. You have oh, that all of the, the gay and transphobic jokes that are just laced within this movie constantly where conservatives watch that and think, oh, that's funny. It's the not even intelligent, crass humor, like Tithead um, fucking running around and constantly making jokes about that. It's the bit where they're shoving a pineapple up Hitler's ass and not even thinking about it's the pot calling the kettle black um, during those sequences. Someone's uh, drawn that political cartoon. It's the it's the generous use of them saying, like, uh, these are metalheads as they're listening to ACDC rocking around. Like, every conservative loves ACDC. Let's be honest. Ah, oh, Angus Young, they love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. They mean, like the way he dresses like a small boy. The, uh... The scene no, where the, uh... The, the pastor is speaking and basically making jokes about, like, someone's like... The Lord gave my son the strength to get off drugs and then making jo- jokes and talking about how bad drugs are and pinning it on. Jokes are uh, pretty cool. Exactly. Sometimes. I don't know. There, there's just a lot of like small things that add up to make me feel like if the average conservative person watched this movie, they would love this movie. I, I guess, yeah, I could see, I, I, of a certain age, maybe. I just find that they just like to find things to complain about and there's plenty to find here mm. mm-hmm. maybe i don't know it could go one or the other way i like josh's yeah. really deep level like critique of it that it's about people be like this is exactly what new york is like uh-huh and that it's thanksgiving i gotta go listen to enough of that that they're gonna be like the city's so dangerous and i'm like susan you haven't been to the city in 15 years yeah hmm yeah yeah it's it's interesting i like it was interesting watching the movie. Like, I, I don't regret it because I had fun laughing with, and sighing with you guys about how bad some yeah. of the shit was. But, like, for me, to be honest with you, this is a case where I'm glad I'm not going through the rest of my life thinking, you know, Little Nicky wasn't that bad of a movie back then. Now you know. Now I know. Yep. Now yep. we all know. And we devoted a few hours to determine that. Yep. So that's what we say. <laughs> yep. and we're out no just kidding um <laughs> do you guys have any final thought oh actually we do something here at the end of these shows we do a oh, would yeah. you recommend this it. movie no. would you recommend this <laughs> I, movie or anyone's... would you recommend this game would you recommend this thing this is a way for us to kind of like summarize our thoughts get any final thoughts out there while you know this is kind of our rating system here would you recommend this yes or no it's very simple very easy rich no would you recommend this movie no do you have any final thoughts on it? No. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say this. Uh, if you want to keep the sanctity in your headspace that this movie was a decent to good movie, I would recommend you don't watch it. If you've never seen it before, I wouldn't watch it. If you are a fan of cameos and you, you want to see the cameos, a lot sure of the cameos are fan of the website here's... cameo. Yeah. The, a lot of the cameos are decent. Go, go watch good. any of the Muppet I, movies. That's a good <laughs> call. Go. Yeah. There you go. But next year, let's do the Muppet movie. I will say this: the soundtrack is pretty decent. There are some really good tracks on there. There's a great Incubus track, great Foo Fighters track. Um, there's so get a, a Spotify. Yeah, I was gonna say, this is a great, great review of Spotify. <laughs> yeah, this I, is actually all we were, Spotify. We were uh, we were sponsored by them, but. Other than that, honestly, no. Like there, there's no reason to watch this movie. It, it yeah. was, don't spend any money on this mo- movie. There's not a lot of redeeming qualities about it. Uh, Josh, do you have any? Would you recommend this movie or no? And any final thoughts? Oh, fuck no, no. This is <sighs> this movie was barely passable with the three of us watching it together, shitting on it the whole time. Yes. Oh. Um... <laughs> yeah no i would absolutely not like it, it's not even it's it's bordering on so bad you could hate watch it with a group of friends like this but i don't even feel it quite gets there it's just generally incompetently made all around um mm. but not in really funny ways just yeah it's just it's bad 
yeah, it's it's not enjoyable at all. Um, I like I I was joking with Rich before the show that last Thanksgiving we did one of these chomping after darks and we decided to watch a good movie in Chip and Dale, the new one. That oh yeah, came we out. thought it was gonna. We thought last year's show was gonna be this year's show. Is what we were thinking when we turned it yes. on. Yes. Yes. And it turns out that this year we decided to torture ourselves for the holiday season. <laughs> Very, very horribly. So the, I, I got to be honest with you, out of everything we've done at Chomping After Dark on, this has been my least favorite one we've ever done it on. Oh, oh yeah. This, this, it's this not was horrible. Even close. <laughs> so that's what we say. <laughs> but I enjoyed the discourse we had. I enjoyed kind of talking about it. Like, I enjoyed hating on it. Um, it's rare that we hate on things. So um, yeah. we're going to start doing a lot more of that in 2023. Probably. <laughs> probably so uh i hope you guys enjoy your thanksgiving with a little bit of hate in your heart that we brought to you from the Sorchomp family i want to say thank you so much uh if you want to check out more from us just head over to Sorchomp.com. there's a bunch of stuff there i'm not going to list it out it's the holiday season i'm not going to inundate you with that crap uh, i just want to say thank you guys for uh supporting us throughout the years and throughout this year uh, please go enjoy the time with your family. Eat lots of food. Be thankful for everything uh, that you have. Um, be thankful that you're alive, that you weren't among the millions of people who are suffering around the world right now. And um, I'm talking about like COVID or Ukraine. No, no, I, I, there must have, you must have cut or out people there. watching Little Nikki. No, no, no. Did you say yes, that, that you are that you are among the millions of people suffering around the world? No, that's not what I said. Oh, at that all. you aren't. Okay, all right. Yeah, okay. you are not. Yes. Okay. Because all right. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, my audio was blown out. The uh, little Nikki director. Yeah, yeah, audio yeah, was yeah. Working on it's infectious. Here. Yes. <gasps> yes, much like COVID. Uh, but <laughs> uh, just be thankful you are are not are not one of the <laughs> millions of people suffering around the world right now and um i hope you have a good thanksgiving season um we will be back the following week with our game of the year talks so hopefully uh you're ready for that i want to say thank you to josh and rich for being here and um happy thanksgiving happy turkey day and rich that's what we say he sounds so sad. <laughs> just, just defeated. <laughs> oh, that's what we said. That's what I wish we didn't say this time. <laughs>